The Buzz is an 11-piece pop group from Kansas City that fuses elements of hip-hop and soul together. They formed in 2013 when trumpeter Herman Mahari was corralling talent for a Michael Jackson tribute show. The band started with the vision of writing songs to be picked up by other artists, but has since changed its focus to keep writing their own music and growing their online presence through videos. Every member of The Buzz is involved in at least one other musical endeavor, and I spoke with lead vocalist Julia Hale and trumpeter Herman Mahari today on Ghost Notes. Welcome. involved in a ton of different projects from solo compositions, the, the Electric Tanks, Diverse, among others. So to what extent are you dedicated to the buzz? I'm like the mover and shaker of the band, so I feel like if I wasn't dedicated to it, then yeah. we would have trouble getting stuff going. It's just such a big band, you know, so, um, but it's, it's great because it's like, um, it's the project that allows me to work with some of my really close friends and play, you know, music that I don't do in these other projects that I do. So you're both, I mean, in multiple product projects, just individually, how do you decide what to dedicate your time to? Yeah, it's it's hard because I, you know, I have a, a full-time job. and Where's like, that at? Um, I work at Colhan on the plaza. Mm-hmm. I'm a manager down there. Um, so that, you know, obviously that, that takes up a lot of time and I make good money, but I don't always get to dedicate the time to music that I'd like to so do you want to do music full-time oh absolutely yeah if I could like w- pretty much walk away from everything else I, I totally would um and do it wholeheartedly I mean not that I don't when I'm not but um Cole yeah. not listening right now yeah, right? <laughs> hopefully not um but yeah that that would be that would be the ultimate when you said walk away, I was thinking she's going to put on a nice pair of Cole Hans and yeah, walk yeah, yeah, yeah. right out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you talk to me more about you want to do music full time, but you're not. Mm-hmm. So what's that feel like, you know, just to not be able to do what you want to do? It can be really distracting. It can it can really, you know, take take the focus off of the day to day things. Um, and, and sometimes that's really hard. It's like I it's a like. I don't know, it's toiling between this, like, what I'm really passionate about and what I'm really good at um, mm-hmm. versus, you know, what pays my bills. And I know, like, so many people get wrapped up into that, and that's... I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have been able to, over the years, you know, cater work and music to my liking. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's never... I guess I'm not like upset about the fact that I'm not doing it full time because I get to do it so much. You know, it's it's I still have a lot of fun and and uh, get to be out there. It's just it's always in the back of my mind. You know, it's really? Like, hey, it's like one day, one day this is going to be all I do. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, For sure. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. No, it will be. Herman has so much faith in me. <laughs> Julia, in another interview with The Mm -hmm. Pitch, you said that singing someone else's tunes is easy because you can hide behind their emotions, even if you're never experienced, even if you've never experienced what they wrote about it, you can still play the part. It's not always easy to be yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how have you dealt with this feeling um, when you're writing and performing for The Buzz? It's funny. It's like, like, 
I know I can, I know these songs are ours. They're, you know, part mine because we are this good group and we work well together and we've, we've put out good music. And it's still, I don't know, it's, it's not as hard with stuff like this. It's really like, I feel like I can be myself in this band, you know. So even with other projects, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I should, I should kind of sing something a certain way or, or conform a little bit to kind of match the energy or the, the you know, personality of people I'm with, but, um, or the pe- personality of the song, but everything with this feels so kind of organic. It's really, it's pretty easy. You studied voice at UMKC's. You guys both went to the conservatory at UMKC. Were you there at the same time? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So you studied voice at UMKC's Conservatory of Music and Dance, Julia. Did yes. you plan on going to college for voice when you were growing up? I didn't really plan it from a young age just because, obviously, I was really just thinking about I'm going to do music in general. It was like, okay, now I'm to this point. Let's let's jump into this. So I I always knew that I needed to do music. You know, like I've been I come from a musical family. I've always loved singing. I've been doing it for a very very long time. Um, and yeah, it was kind of kind of just a no brainer. Really, I knew I needed to take it a little further. So. Tell me about your, your musical family and how that, you know, influenced. I, I mean, a lot of people, that's it's not a no-brainer. Like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna be a singer, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's pretty I, unusual. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer for me in the fact that I I am good at it and I love it. I always have. So I, I really didn't think about doing anything else. I just kind of, you know, I, I knew where I wanted to go. And I, my mom has a, a beautiful voice and plays guitar. My aunt Roberta Gumbel is an opera singer um you know I I think one of the like earliest pictures of me is like I remember volunteering in preschool to sing you know I think it was like you are my sunshine or something you know like I I wanted to do those things um and I was inspired by my family you know I I it wasn't by any means like you you really need to do this you should do this but it was just it was always just fun and and why not did you go to, grow up in a musical family, Herbin? I did not, but um, my best friend in elementary school, middle school, um, high school, it, he had a family band. Like so, his his mom and dad and sister, and uh, and so <clears throat> when I started playing trumpet in middle school, I I uh, was you know hanging out with them all the time, and that's that's how I started gigging so frequently was through them. How, um, especially a lot of young musicians out there, they're thinking, you know, should I go to a conservatory should I go to college uh, for music can you talk to me a little bit about your experiences there um, actually studying music and how was the conservatory there are still some things in the the aspect of music that I I struggle with I am absolutely and have always been terrible at theory and you know it there's there's a large emphasis on that and and I get I totally understand why in the conservatory and I I struggled with that so that I think hindered me a little bit because I was a little behind when I got to the conservatory. So I had to work really hard at that. And um, I realized very early on that I don't have the like, like hunger that I saw a lot of my peers have, you know, it was like they were auditioning for everything or taking any class they could or any, you know, doing the most minuscule shows or really just had this like hunger to be on stage. And my desire to do music just came from the fact that I'd love to do it. So I I loved my experience at 
UMKC. I had really, really great teachers. Um, I learned a lot, and I just didn't end up going in the direction that so many of those other students did. What was that direction? Um, you know, I a lot of people in my age group and a little older um, are still, you know, are doing shows and traveling and and putting on classical concerts and and teaching and things like that. And I was like, I, I knew I didn't want to teach. I did, that was. Yeah, I just wouldn't have been any good at it. I just knew I didn't want to do that. But um, a lot of my friends are, are doing that, and they're very successful, and it's great. So I, when I left the conservatory, it was because um, I was in a band that was, you know, gigging multiple nights a week and, and making money and having fun. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm, I, I feel like I'm doing the, what I like um, after this great experience studying. So. When you say you left the conservatory, did you graduate or did you just... I did not. Okay. Yeah. I I threw up the deuces and uh, <laughs> walked out the door. Yeah, I was... I was. Yeah. It's funny, like, uh, I had a lot of support from some people and, and, and not from some other people, so I... It was just what was right for me, and I was just like, all right, I'm... I'm I've taken a lot with me, and I'm done. <laughs> you, you asked the question in reference to maybe young musicians who might consider that right precisely <clears throat> so thank you for reminding me. Sure. um it, it's all contextual you know it's not necessary i can say that definitely not necessary no but if it's something that you can benefit you you know like if you need that classical training if you want to learn how to read you know like you should know how to read before you go in but like you know if you want to get a better like take it to the next level and be a real reader like really read music you know really no harmony and really no theory like yeah, you should probably go. But that's all stuff you can you can learn on your own too, you know? Like if you're a self-starter and you don't need a school to do it cuz it's like a degree is not going to matter if you're like an independent artist, you know what I mean? Um if you're just doing like rock or pop or trying to write songs or trying to play songs, the, the degree really won't really much matter, you know, unless you want to go into some higher education. Um but uh you know, like, I, I think that school is a great place to network, meet other musicians, meet other like-minded musicians. Um, so, yeah, it's not necessary, but, you know, there are benefits to it. And if possible, if possible, go with a scholarship. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Are you guys still, like, trying to pay off the conservatory, you think? No. Okay. I'm not. I, I was on scholarship. Okay. It's yeah. That's that's so, a yeah, huge decision. Really. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing. To, you know, to pay for it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I could. I don't. I don't know if I could say it's worth paying for. Uh, if that's what you just. If all you wanted to do was just like, you know, like write music and playing some bands and stuff. Like I. I can't really say like. Spend yeah, that money on yeah. gear. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Spend exactly. Spend yeah on and equipment and gear and, you know. Um, studio time. Studio or? time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, but that's the, that's a certain path. Like, there's other people that, you know, like, if you want to be in a symphony, <laughs> yeah, you know? You better go. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a gigging jazz musician and just do that, uh, yeah, the jazz school is a good place to start, you know? This could be all you see White and dark energies Passing by, we'll try Herman, you've mentioned that the goal of the buzz, this was in another interview I read, um, (laughs) is 
is to be able to sell uh, your songs. Are, how are you going to do that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of changed a little bit because placements aren't as big as they used to be anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of our one of our singer producers... Placements? He, like song placements, so when you like get a song placed with an artist. Oh, so know. someone's pying, buying your song too? More or less, you know, yeah. Okay. The ball machine rights and all that stuff. Um, okay. Um, there, it, it's becoming less and less. It's kind of interesting. Uh, one of our singer, singers slash producers, songwriters, Anthony Saunders, who's had placements with like Boys to Men and Justin Bieber and Joe, like some big artists. He's, you know, uh, he is noticing this trend and it's like, man, it's not, it's not what it used to be. And uh, uh, so you know, that's always there. You know, there's always a possibility that you write a song and you put it out and like whoever hears it, it's like, I want this song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they buy the song from you and they, you know, they make the song famous and you yeah. get lots of money for it, <laughs> whatever, you know, that's, I mean, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but like, why? Um, it's a good question. I think, uh, I think, I think what's happened is a lot of these artists have kind of locked into their select producers, like, and there's like a small amount of producers out there that are really putting out the same songs, right? So is that frustrating to you that people are not reaching out as much as they as they could with different um, producers? Not to me specifically, probably more to Anthony, who deals mm-hmm. with that world a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I I don't mind, but you know, I think what people are going to hear, what people happen here, and it's kind of the sameness in songs in general too. So that that's going to reflect that, you know. People have been hearing the sameness in songs. Yeah, like it's you know, uh, you're not going to get a lot of variety and musical variety on the radio. No, you're just not, and that's yeah. what, and that's part of the problem. Yeah, you, you notice. Know? Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, that's, <laughs> there's a literal reason for that because the same people are writing the songs. Yeah. You know, how does that affect your careers as musicians? Um, I think it, on the one hand, because of the way social media works today, it's still, it's still, I feel like easy to get in front of people, and not not face to face, but you can definitely get noticed on a on a wider scale these days. Um, but yeah, it just really just makes you want to create something unique, and and that that is hard. I mean, there's a lot of music out there, but um, I think you can take that and and really try to turn it into, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make something a little different, and even if it's just like shocking and people listen to it because they're a little confused by it, at least I'm getting them to listen to it. Herman, you said if you want to start a national presence, it's not gonna start by gigging locally. That's that's kind of interesting. It sounds like you don't you don't really care if you if you're playing a lot in Kansas City. And I'm curious about that. I mean, I mean, I've I've done it. You know, (laughs) we've all done it. We've played a lot in Kansas City. We've seen bands play a lot and fizzle out, and then come play a lot and fizzle out. Like, and uh, I I see too often people that get really locked up in trying to play the next show. You know, promote it, get people out, then play the next show, promote it, get people out, and play the next show. And it's like you know. There's a, there's nowhere to go from there, you know. What's the better alternative to that? Well, not in this day and age, it's, it's really, uh, it's really the internet, you know. It's really social media. It's really gaining a following on your, on all your pages, and and getting videos out there, and getting people to see you outside, you know. Or the other alternative is also with bands who can do this, like making movies, is is to tour, you know. And they can do it because they're four pieces. We're eleven, you know. We can't really tour. And, uh, but still they're on the up and up and rising. They've been doing it for years and they're still, you know, they're not happy with where they're at. You know, they're doing well, but like they're, they want more, you know, mm-hmm. and they're trying to develop a presence and they're working hard for it. Um, so like, yeah, it's either touring or, um, 
Pump out music. Pump out music, yeah. And 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 one thing I want to clarify with the like the idea of not playing in KC, it's like I'm only saying that from the perspective of having played KC. You know, I'm not saying that someone should not play KC. You know what I mean? Like you play, gain a little bit of following, so that there's some you have a something that um, like uh, qualifies you. You know, mm-hmm. and. and uh, allows you like you know if we didn't do what we did we wouldn't be here doing this interview you know what i mean like you could be like you guys are who are you guys you know like why you know um it, it you should definitely play but like that shouldn't be the end goal is to keep playing shows you know the end goal should be you know you want to you want to be able to play around the u.s and uh, around the world you know <laughs> honestly I mean, i'm sure everybody would love to do that i mean maybe some people i'm sure they're like i just want to play some local shows and do it and that's cool that's fine but I'm sure a lot of people like want more than that, you know. Yeah. Even if they don't admit it, someone yes, in the back of their absolutely. mind, they're like, "I'm gonna be Beyonce." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Julia and Herman, thanks for being on Ghost Notes. Thank you. I can't let go. This episode was produced in collaboration with KCUR 89.3 for our Something to Watch video series. You can see videos of all our Something to Watch Ghost Notes guests at KCUR's Facebook page. Ghost Notes producer is Matt Hodap. We have writing help from Jamie Searle, who also composed our theme music. Matt Sullivan runs our website at FountainCityFrequency.com. I'm Hannah Copeland. Follow me on Twitter at Hannah E. Copeland. See you next time. I know our time was not